On this episode, I'm a little under the weather, but it made me thoughtful. This is Gary Vaynerchuk, and this is episode 187 of the Ask Gary V Show. Been a little bit under the weather. Mike, Mike, the trainer, got me sick. He said he had a migraine. And the next day he was like full fluid out. And I was like, what? And then like the thing in the throat and, and, and you're, you're getting sick. Stay away from me. No, I'm not. I refuse to believe it. I think it's mental. I've told everybody I refuse to get sick, so I've been sick. fighting it off mentally. And uh, so India, let's get into the show. Let's get into it. Show. 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 A week from the book. Can we get a book? Can we get a book here? All right, India. There we go. <laughs> that was a good inside joke. Um, a week away from the book, which I'm super excited about, and um, and thank you all so much for your support. And. Uh, and so here it is, it's very exciting. My dad is super pumped he's in it, but he's like, his hair is flopping in the wind and he's super sad about it. So dad, too bad. And, uh, oh Alex, what do you got Alex? What are you doing? We need some books on. Right, let's do it, right here in the middle of the show. Let's just do it while I talk about the book. I was talking about the books anyway, so. All the books. Jesus Christ. Regular right. so, can I just, we need a market yeah you gotta set me up. Anyway, um, this would be a great time to throw my right hook. So many of you have supported me on Super 8 and I thank you so much, but it would mean a lot to me. A big spike the week before on Amazon is quite important actually for how they order more and how they promote. So if you were considering to buy the book at any point in any way or any shape or form, one, two, three, seven hundred, this would be an amazing time to do so. It would mean the world to me. Jesus Christ, look at the difference in thickness between. This is nuts. That's crazy. Holy crap. <laughs> That's how thin Crush it is? I don't remember being this small. It feels so small. I mean, Ask Gary is a beast. I, uh, wow, I'm pumped. I can write the next book in like one day. Like, you know, like, no wonder the audio took one day with Crush It and six years with, uh, that's Gary B. So, thank you guys so much. I appreciate all the support. It's obviously been a lot of book talk. Uh, that's coming to an end sooner than later. So we'll be back to our regularly scheduled two years of jabbing uh, minimum. Um, and, uh, and that's that. Notice how there's never thank you fucking economy. It pisses me off so bad. It's my best book. It's literally, I feel like thank you economy is my sister. My sister's the best, but we never talk about her. She's in the middle. And, Liz, I think you are the thank you economy. Yes, my wife and sister's name is the same. Um, so that's that. Uh, Daily V is rock and rolling. If you haven't checked it out, Stefan, throw it up right here. Episode 18 was posted today. Uh, it's a good one. Uh, D-Rock is in the middle of 19 right now. Who's this go to? Sandy, chef's mother. Okay, Sandy? Yeah. Like S-A-N-D-Y? Yep. Okay. And then her father, Jorge, she wants something more like... More. J O R G E? Yep. Sorry for the boredom. 
Done. Hey, Jay. Hello. Hey. Can I go Yeah, we're in the middle of the Ask Gary Vee show. Oh, you're filming right now? Right now. Cool, I should definitely not talk to you about what I'm talking about. Okay, it cool. like you were not filming. I know, I know you got caught off guard by the caught. signing. I got caught. Uh, when are you done? Yeah, soon. Keep all this footage. Soon. We do, right. don't worry. Uh, cool. India, let's get in the show. Anyway. It would mean the world to me. Link up uh, anything you can link up. If you can link up in YouTube directly Amazon, do it. Put it in the copy of Amazon and Facebook. Right now is the time to buy the book if you're debating it at all. One, two, three, four, five, six copies. Please, it would mean the world to me. Today's a big day. And leave a comment. I'm actually gonna, I have a drive back from Connecticut tonight. You should probably have this up in like three, four hours. Yeah. Um, please leave a comment if you did with the number. You just can leave the number. Three, one, seven, four. Uh, I wanna, on the way home, I'm gonna reply and thank you one by one. That's how important it is for me today. India. In YouTube and Facebook. Ben. Ben? We're getting into, we're getting. Oh my God, it does look like Ben, Ben Ruby. And his name's Ben? Hey Gary, I just wanted to find out how you scaled VaynerMedia so quickly. Do you do joint ventures or partnerships? What strategies allowed you to scale so quickly? <laughs> you know, I think the number one overarching thing with me is that I'm, uh, you know, in a place where I'm a top line revenue driver, right? Because I'm able to drive sales and was able to get clients. You know, a f- funny thing happens. Money solves a lot of business problems. By having money continue to come in, I'm able to overinvest. And so right now, most of our organization you know, is not actually at capacity. You know, we talk a lot about capacity here at VaynerMedia. We probably have 20% more capacity, meaning people can be on more accounts and we can be get paid for it. Most agencies would drive that down to even Steven, even sometimes under capacity to drive profit. I, on the other hand, really because of my ability to sell, and that's what it is, because of my ability to sell, I'm able to drive growth at such a rapid pace. Parallel that with HR capabilities and actually caring about people and scaling HR and being an HR-driven CEO, you have the two combinations for hyper-growth companies. One that cares about its people and one that's able to make money. It's really not complicated. And then the third variable of one that's not being built to sell. So I'm not worried about my margin because when you sell your company, you're often not looked upon at your revenue, you're looked upon how much money you're making, people are paying you on a multiple on that. Because I'm not worried about that, I'm able to pour more dollars into people, into culture, into being on the offense, into opening up London. If those were things that, uh, if I was trying to sell this company, I wouldn't open up London, I wouldn't have 20% extra capacity. I'd be trying to organize it and orchestrate it, orchestrate it to a sale. And so I think it's a mentality and then I think it's the capabilities of me on CEO level on sales and HR. Jared asks, you mentioned publicly documenting one's journey, but isn't advertising an experience hurtful when seeking paying clients? Confused, one more time. So like, you publicly document your journey? I said the other day in Daily V that it would've been cool to see Vera Wang, or it would've been cool to see me starting Wine Library, right? But isn't that hurtful if you're trying to seek clients who wanna pay you Experience, like, say you were in advertising and you don't have experience. Yes, Jared. You should not be paid for faking the funk. You should not be a 20 year old life coach telling people how to live their lives because you're just starting yours. Uh, You should not be paid as an advertising expert if you're not an advertising expert. I mean, unless I'm wrong here, and I don't think I am. It seems like Jared is talking about the classic fake it till you make it, which so many people get away with, and you're more than welcome, Jared, if that's what you're saying, and maybe, maybe you're not, um, but I'm gonna use it as an opportunity to talk to everybody right now. Yes, I think that 
Telling the truth exposes the things you want to lie about. Yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Bobby. Bobby. You noticed you said you learned a video from Mount Rushmore, so you had to improvise. Oh, he improvised. I got it. Hi, Gary. It's Bobby here. If you were selling custom animated Instagram videos for companies, how specifically would you find buyers today, given that it's not something that the majority of companies are jumping on just yet? Thank you. Uh, I would do exactly what you're doing, Bobby. You hustled your way onto the Ask Gary V show. This was just shown. A lot of people are going to now know about you. Let's throw up Bobby's. Uh, Instagram handle, if we can figure that out, can we? Right here. I just gave you six or seven leads. I would highly recommend that you do it for a very low price for the Vayner Nation because one of the things that people do when they're selling something that's the future is they overprice their service. You need case studies. You need it out in the wild. And so instead of whatever you're charging for them, if you cut that by a you know, three-fourths and give the Vayner Nation a good deal on it, they're gonna post it on their Instagram. That's gonna lead to awareness on you. And so, a couple things. One, growth hacking, hustling. Exactly what you did here. The other thing is, you, I would go to a lot of the accounts that you're seeing on Instagram that have a lot of followers. I would search hashtags. I would use Explore. I would go to their account. Let's, let's get right into details. I don't know if you're gonna be able to see this, but let's get real practitioner uh, today. I would go into, uh, you know, Instagram, I would go into Explore, I would refresh. So I'm in my Explore. I would look at the different accounts. Here's a golf picture, looks nice. Scottish golf podcast, right? 5,000 followers, it's a Scottish golf podcast. I would say, cool, I can do animations around golf. And so I would look now. They put their Snapchat account, they don't put their Gmail. Most people do put their Gmail and that would have led me to emailing them and saying, hey, I saw your Scottish Golf Podcast Instagram account, here's my animated things. I'd like to get some exposure. I normally charge 300 bucks for it but because you're one of the first people, I'll give it to you for 30 bucks or maybe free and you can post it on your account. Now, because there's no email here, the only URL is their podcast so I'm hitting yes here. Now I'm going to their .com and my hope is here I will find their email so I can contact them. I'm going all the way to the bottom because it's where it tends to be and I do not see it. Now I see their Twitter so I'm gonna click the Twitter and now I'm on here. So I'd probably reply to them on there and say hey. So I'm just doing that because it's funny but that's what I would do. I would grind. What people don't remember and what I don't talk enough about with Wine Library TV is that nobody watched the goddamn show. And so what I just did on social media, I used to do on the internet. I used to search the word wine and go 40, 50, 60 pages deep in Google results. You know, 400, 500, 600 results deep. Click every link, find a blog, find their email, and email them and ask them if they wanted to biz dev, if they wanted an interview, if they wanted my content, if I could bring them value to give me exposure. These were sites that nobody was, 30 people, 40 people, 60 people, and I hustled, and I hustled, and I hustled, and I hustled, and I hustled. And so that's what you can do. You can do what you just did with me, you can go through a rabbit hole on Instagram that I wish I had when I started Wine Library TV and you put in the work to biz dev one by one by one from the Scottish golf podcast to the India art producing Instagram uh, to whatever you do and so that's what I highly recommend. It's the grind on the biz dev hustle that matters. James asks, how would you deal with a co-founder who isn't as ambitious as you? Uh, I'd break up with them. I think that if you have a co-founder that's not as ambitious as you are, you're leading to an inevitable breakup and I would try to cut it earlier so that feelings aren't as deep. It's easier to break up with somebody after three weeks 
than it is after three months, than it is after three years, right? And so there's less baggage. Um, now, the co-founder may be so talented and brings you value that maybe you don't have to judge them on ambition. But I would say that when you and your co-founder are not aligned, um, you're, you're headed towards a negative. And so I would communicate first. I'm giving you the finish line, but what I would start with is I'd be like, hey India, can we have a coffee? Sure, yeah. So listen. I really think that I have bigger ambitions for this business than you do, and I'd like to talk to you about that. It's probably true. Yeah, it's definitely true. <laughs> and so I think you had that conversation. One of the things that it's led to, and I've given this advice a lot, is that India and I, who started off at 50-50, India recognizes that and sees that I'm putting in 18 hours a day and she's putting in seven, and she may say, you know what? I still want to ride that train. I believe in us. I can't do that. I'm not as ambitious. I don't have as much energy. I don't want to. I have. I have things at home that I want to do. Da, 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 da. Maybe I should give you back and now you have 70% and I have 30. And so really, there's always a deal to be had. If the deal ends up being 100-0 because I don't value India even at 30 or even at 20 or even at 10 or even at zero, well then you have to break up. But everything in life, every relationship, you know, boss and, and employee, uh, boyfriend and girlfriend, uh, partners in business, cousins, mom and dad, Every, every relationship on earth is predicated on communication and you have to have the, um, you have to have the uh, backbone to step up and actually have that conversation and have it in a truthful man- manner and it's super scary and a lot of people are intimidated by it and I'm not, I, it took me a long time to get good at it. I still don't always get great at it but it is the only answer to this question. It's about having the conversation and seeing where the things uh, fall because a lot of times the other person doesn't want you to bring it up. They may you know, recognize it. Sometimes they don't even recognize it. Some people are blind and lack self-awareness. Um, so you need to make sure you're connected in whatever that arrangement is. <clears throat> Last one from Sarah. Sarah. Looks like Rebecca. Hey, hey Gary V. Um, I want to ask you a question about okay. competition. Yes, I love um, a lot of solopreneurs uh, are advised that don't look at the competition because it can drain you and make you second guess yourself and everything like that. But I, you know, through my business studies and things like that, I've realized that, or I've been taught that you can't operate um, in a silo. You know, your landscape, you, you have to keep your eye on the landscape of your industry. So uh, my question is, uh, what do you think about competition and how you approach it? Thanks. Name again, one more time. Sarah, thank you so much. I like the uh, taxi photo in the background. Um, you know, this is a tricky one. I think this comes down to the individual. I, uh, I don't spend a lot of time on my competition. I haven't, historically. Um, but I keep a, you know, a fifth of an eye on it. You know, you, you, can't, you wanna know context. You can't be blind to things completely. But I don't dwell or allow my competition to drive my mentality or where I'm going. I think it's a very fine line. I think it's a, a very, very fine line and I think it's a very individual thing. So I don't know much about the agency world as a whole. I don't know the names of most of the CEOs. I don't know how much revenue they're doing. I don't know who their clients are. I don't know what the work they're doing. A lot of my contemporaries spend all their time on AdAge and, and Digiday and other websites to keep up with what's going on PR week, ad week in the trades. Um, I think that there's a lot of entrepreneurs that do extremely well by knowing what's going on with their competitors and using that as a proxy, as a guiding light. I think a lot of entrepreneurs are B and C entrepreneurs and they need somebody else to be the leader and they follow it and they pick up the crumbs and they get 20 and 30% of the action and that's enough for them and that's where they deserve to be. Um, I think others like me are, are 
super driven by not knowing. I don't even want to give my competition the satisfaction of knowing. I mean, I literally hate my competition so much that I literally want to be disrespectful by not even amassing a minute of my time on what they're doing because I think that's the ultimate insult and I like that because I don't like you competition. I don't like you. Now, I like you as a human being, right? Like, like in, when I put my jersey on, I hate you. But as like a human, there's plenty of executives from competitive agencies that I adore and think are really good people. Um, but when I put my jersey on, I hate you. And the way that I can teach you that I hate you is to not even allocate a minute on you because I disrespect you that much. That's me. You, you may be somebody who learns from your competitors and that's how you navigate. So I do not think that anybody who taught you one way or the other emphatically, don't forget, Ask Gary V Show, I'm one dude with one personality trait, with you know, one life that is trying to communicate my points of view, but I never, and I've said this on Daily V recently, I have no interest in you following you know, my footsteps. I have, you, I have interest in you trying to figure out yourself the way I figured out myself. Right? I know that about me. So I don't force myself to look at the competition because I know deep down it's not who I am or what I want to be doing. And so I know that about myself. You need to know yourself. And it may be a balance. Some people are 50-50. It all works if you're most uh, self-aware about you. Question of the day. What's the, question of the day, what's the biggest thing you've learned about yourself this year? And we're only eight weeks in. Indy, what about you? What's the... Yeah, it's a good one. Caught you. Yeah, yeah. In the last nine weeks, or whatever we're at, eight weeks. What's the biggest thing in twenty? Oh, 20- I know. You got something. I do. So, so give me some depth. Yeah. No, don't. No, Can I sick. Say it? No, we're gonna cut it off as a cliffhanger. All right. Yes, yeah, say it. Of course. No, no. I, I was joking. Oh, I desperately want you to say um, it. I used to think I always really needed to be around people, like twenty-four-seven, because yeah. I was super extroverted. Right. But like you would keep a boyfriend around just because you thought you needed it. No, I didn't do that. But okay. I would always be like, "What are you doing? What are you up to?" To like everyone on like weeknights. Like, right. Like, always, right. I always. But I like really like being alone, especially when I'm making my art. Like I really need to. Be what do you mean alone. making your art? Like, You're a painter. <laughs> This is my favorite meme. I, I tweeted, I was like, PSA, I'm not a painter. I know, I know, I know. Um, yeah, I like, to, I like to be alone. You know what's funny? What? I like to be alone. Really? And that freaks people out. I like flying because of that. I like taking a poop and a shower because of that. <laughs> I really don't mind being alone either. I'm like stunningly chameleon. I'm pumped with 80,000 people on stage, one person on stage, you know, listening to me by myself. I'm, I get it, I, I value alone time quite a bit. Yeah. A lot more than I think, I, I bet you a ton of people were like, whoa, yeah. just now. Yeah, That's cool. Stefan, anything you learned about yourself this year? Um, I'm learning how to like, hustle more. Like, I'm just like, really starting to get like, what that means. You know I like that one. Yeah, that's good. You keep asking questions, <laughs> we'll keep answering them.